The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamu alaikum everyone and welcome back to Sister Speak. It's here me, Fadeen, and we also have in the studio um, Lamesa. Mariam, we forgot names today. <laughs> so our topic for today is going to be, so the main topic is, are you a people pleaser? We're going to discuss a little bit about our um, self-esteem, what the behavior is when you have low self-esteem. But before we get into that, let me start. Would you like to tell everyone what our show is about, please? Yep. Our platform is our platform. Yeah. Our show is a platform for Muslim uh, girls and women to voice their opinions on various topics. We just want to let you guys know that um, all views and opinions are our own and we respect all other similar and opposing views. Yep. So like Lemisa said, our views and opinions are our own now mariam would you if you want to join the discussion mariam how can you do this so if you want to join the discussion you can call in 015824 or you can whatsapp us at 0779 we're also on the instagram live so if you do want to join the discussion through that please feel free to do so and we have our sister speak instagram page where you can dm us we look forward to hearing your thoughts yeah, we would love to hear your thoughts. We're also on Twitter at sisterspeak underscore FM. So I'm just going to get into our topic, uh, not our topic, our section called Thought of the Week. We'll just share any random anecdotes or anything that happened to us during the week that we find interesting. So I'm going to go with Mariam. Of course. Mariam, what is your Thought of the Week? Um, my Thought of the Week is just about accepting Qadr, um, ex- accepting decree. Um, a lot of us talk about how when something doesn't happen your way, we should be grateful that Allah has planned something for us. But I think there's not enough emphasis, or for me personally, that I have internalized is accepting when Allah decrees something. I think there's always the conversation or the dialogue is that Allah has done this for you, you just have to accept it. But sometimes we don't talk about how in your trajectory, how you envision something, if it doesn't work out, it's because Allah has timed it in his most perfect way. So I think for me, that's something that I've been grappling with uh, recently. But also at the same time, I feel that that is a good trigger to be grateful because whilst you might not understand why Allah has positioned you in a certain uh, way, you know that at the end, he is the one that is taking care of you and he, he wants the best for you and he has your best interest and he can see some things that you cannot see. And so therefore, you just have to have that trust and you have to trust in the timing as well. Yeah, I completely agree. I think every hardship that comes, it's it's like the, we always say that Allah's never gonna put something on you that's really hard on you. It's gonna, and even if you have to work hard for it, you just know that it's uh, for a reason. Yeah, thank you for that, Mariam. So, how would you say you were balance that hardship and trying to still be work on your dean while you're still trying to work through that? Very loaded question. Um, <laughs> I think for me personally, I take one day as it goes. And I allow myself to feel the emotions that I have, but at the same time, I don't allow it to to overpower me or overcome me, um, because I have to rein it back in. I have to think about these are my emotions, and I'm allowed to feel them. But my principles and my core is that Allah is the one that has is governing all over, governing my life, and He knows what's best in, best for me. And whilst I might not feel it at that moment, I might have to just reiterate it to myself until I internalize it. So for me, it's it's about having that introspection ha- having that reflection but also at the same time allowing myself to feel i think that's really important i don't think they need to be mutually exclusive you don't need to just say i have to trust in Allah and that's it and that's a sign of your weak in mind if you don't i don't think that's the case i think you're allowed to have those emotions and you're allowed to to feel all the things that you're feeling while simultaneously trying to um pick yourself up i think it's just a process and a journey yeah honestly take everything as it comes what's your thoughts on Mariam's thought of the week yeah I think that um, you're right in the sense that we have to allow ourselves to have that time to process things Um, and I think actually for some people that trust in other that whatever he's decreed is obvious is is the correct thing that also helps people to overcome that overpowering of emotions that might happen so it's also a way that we can use not just a destination that we need to arrive at but rather a tool that we can use to help us get to a point where you know we're at a stable yeah it's a it's a long hard 
yeah. journey working with your dean working in the dunya as well trying to balance it all so thank you Mariam for that of the Very week mine is not as deep I guess as Mariam's I think we all needed to hear Mariam's one um, Mariam's ones are always so deep and always good. so deep always so good mashallah um, mine is just about pushing yourself to try new things um, I think recently I've gotten into a point where I'm very comfortable and I feel like when I was a bit younger, not that I'm, you know, a fossil, <laughs> but maybe I am. <laughs> um, but I think that, um, you know, a few years ago, like I would try new things. For example, radio was a very new thing to me and I would get involved and put myself in somewhat uncomfortable situations. I feel like I've gotten to a point now where I'm just you know, comfortable. And I'm doing things like radio. I've been doing it for a very long time. I'm very comfortable with this. A lot of other things that I'm doing in life, I'm quite comfortable in that state. And I just want to push myself and try new things. I know, Mariam, you go out to network a lot. I feel like I want to go to different events, listen and hear different people's points of views. I feel like I've been sucked so much into the one thing that's a major part of my life. And I've almost been neglecting other other aspects of my life that used to be so much more mentally stimulating for me. Um, and so I want to get more involved in, you know, various different events go in see things do things um recently <coughs> me and my friend went to a pottery class yeah and it was it was really fun i was like wow this is something new i've never done this before like on the wheel and stuff um and it was just it was great i was like maybe i found a new hobby you know that type of thing and i feel like pushing yourself to do new things really helps us to develop in a way um but also get used to adapting to different situations it's a very important skill so well, yeah. thank you for that. That's a great thought of the week. And I, just at the point that you made, I think, you know, when you're joining something new, you always have that little anxiety that it's my first day and I'm going to do it. But mm. for example, when um when you start a new job, you get, I've been working on my part-time job for like two years now. And I remember my first day where I was so anxious and I was like, I'm going to go in. I don't know what I'm going to do. And now I feel like my second home from mm. how many times I've been there. So it's just being, when you're consistent going somewhere like radio, for example, you get so comfortable, you meet other people, you network. I've met so many amazing people now that I've come to radio and let me say for you as well mm-hmm. you, I think let me say you joined when I, when you were my age yes so yeah. it was a big step for us in our six from years wasn't yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to go live on radio and talk about various different things I feel like we all had that want inside of us though we had that thing where we're like actually these are topics that we want to speak about and we want to bring it to public attention but I feel like now it's like I want to do a few more things and try and rekindle that fire um, yeah, yeah, I've never thought about doing a poetry class. Maybe I should join as well. Maybe you should. And it's you a, it's a lot of fun. It, and it's very therapeutic, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I guess with your friends, it is really therapeutic. Yeah. So thank you guys for sharing your thoughts of the week. Now I'm going to move on to my hot topic. So what about your thought of the week? What's my thought of the week? Oh, She thought she could uh, skip it. <laughs> I feel like, like, so. like it's give it to me because I'm hosting. <laughs> Let me think. Um, I don't have a thought of the week. I can't think of anything. She did give a lot of contributory thoughts. I, uh, I, I did stop, so yeah, I think let her, let her off, you know. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> Wait, maybe I'll just share my thought of the week. My thought of the week is going to be about your own needs. I know our topic today is people-pleasing and um, how you get so involved in making others happy. And But you have to put yourself first. And I think this is something that everyone should do. And I've been trying to work um, doing it this past like year where I'm just trying to you know you should know yourself really good and this is uh, knowing yourself is such a long process as well and knowing what you like and like let me say she's doing poetry class and you just found out that you like it so you're Mm -hmm. gonna do it more so that whole process of knowing yourself knowing what you want to do knowing what your hobbies are your interests it's something that I think other people also contribute to knowing to the process of who you are are going to be at the end of the day but you for, for yourself i think it's really important like reflecting knowing who you are so that's my thought of the week very good thought for the week <laughs> yeah i think it was a bit messy but it's okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll move on to the hot topic then so for this hot topic there's a on bbc news there was a our article so it's ab he was a rapper who gave up fame fame for faith by shehzad lohar in bbc asian network so i'm just gonna read a bit of the headline which is gonna talk about the financial side of it and how he gave up fame for his faith and how he thought that he was guilty about uh, you know the financial side of halal money and how you're using that 
haram money that he was getting from fame so he was a 22 year he is oh, he's alive he was a 20 he is a 22 year old better known by his stage name and he was working in grime music for over five years and gained a huge fan base um he was one of bbc's asian network's future sound artists but he decided to give it all up he said he wanted to, to take his islamic faith seriously and so he could practice that the way he felt he needed to so he said Evie said that he couldn't feed him myself he said I couldn't feel myself with that money I couldn't even give any of that to my mom while I was trying to practice and make music at the same time I realized that music cannot be in the same heart as the dean my faith so I just chose this topic because I think it was it's such a big step for him and for everyone who thinks that they're sacrificing their faith for something like success or fame it's such a hard um decision to make because you get so involved in chasing money you get so involved in the dunya that i want to be famous i want to be this and you're sacrificing your faith so i just wanted to get to get your guys thoughts on uh, this article and this big huge decision that is balancing dunya and dean i think we don't realize the actual courage that it takes to do that i think on a day-to-day -day basis a lot of us are met with these little you know choices of whether we want to stick to kind of our deen or whether we might sacrifice a little bit for it and this is kind of a, on a really big level because you know he was saying he was making quite a large sum of money every single month um that's something that a lot of people who are in the same field struggle to do and he, yet he's achieved that and he's giving it up because he doesn't feel like you know it falls in line with what he believes in um and i think that type of courage is actually something that is super hard to come by and we all struggle quite a bit with making those decisions um and it is hard but the fact that someone like that has done it and has come out to say that i think it helps us to kind of renew that that um belief that we are on the right path and that that is the right thing to do and actually to help us take the same amount of courage when we are faced with choices of a similar nature Yeah, definitely. I think it's so beautiful. He said in that interview that when he decided to give up all this music, he inspired so many of his listeners to stop listening to music. So, every little thing that he did, I think it was I think it's a really good article and it was a really good example of when you get too busy with the dunya and you start forget forgetting your deen, which is I think something that happens to all of us. Maria, do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I just think one of the things that came to mind while you, whilst you were um saying the story is that because he gave it up and he said that his listeners is giving up music it reminds me of the quran i uh, enjoying the good and forbid the evil and that's exactly what he was doing he's walking towards good and he's forbidding the evil and look at the impact of that his own listeners uh, listeners that were once influenced by his music is now being influenced by his good actions so it just shows that once you center yourself uh, with your morals and beliefs um at the core it it can really transcend in so many different ways and that can diffuse in in the people that's around you and even on his level um in an influential way yeah i think when you have such a large sum of followers their influence is really really big and doing uh, stuff like this would you guys think that you can also be you can sacrifice you don't have to sacrifice your fame for faith do you think do you guys think you can find a balance for it i think it depends what your fame is in and whether the effect that it's having on you as well um i feel like obviously it's hard to comment being a person who's not famous <laughs> <laughs> one day uh, okay. um being a person who isn't in that situation but you know obviously you hear people and you see the interviews and things like that and there's a huge immense amount of pressure and all of these things that come with it but also it is something that people aspire to have um i think with all things it depends like i said the effect that it's having on you and the effect that it's having on your ability to practice your faith now if you're famous for good things and people are following you for good things but you don't allow that to you know manifest in terms of like arrogance and things like that and you don't allow it to corrupt you as a person then i think that's a different situation to when fame is the only thing you're chasing and that is the essence of who you are um but again i guess it's hard to comment because i'm not famous <laughs> it's hard to comment yeah <laughs> when i get famous i'll let you know guys <laughs> um, but in my comments on that is as as well i'm not famous but i think what can be talked about is when you're in a position of power or if you're in any position mm. and you have to co you have to navigate or contend with uh, something that's going to impact your um ability to adhere to Islam or it makes you compromise your beliefs always that you have to do the job 
Um, and I think a lot of Muslims may face this because, especially if you work in sp- uh, particular sectors, um, and it could be very minute, minute uh, minuscule things. For example, um, it could be just that you don't want to order something that we don't eat mm. because it's not halal. Um, and that's something that you have to be quite mindful of because whilst you might the whole your whole life you might not be eating this thing and then suddenly you're, you're expected to order this thing how do you navigate that and i think the way this person has shown in his uh, example um is that you just have to center yourself like what is your core beliefs and when you when you as a muslim have shown that consistently in your workplace if you show that you're a proud muslim if your character indicates you're a good person um and you have and you have stro- stri- um you have strived for ihsan, which is excellence in everything that you've done. So when uh, so when that situation does come, um, when you do have that dialogue, I don't think people will have grievances. I've experienced the same. I've had an uh, instance where I had to communicate that I'm very uncomfortable with doing this certain thing because it it it's like a juxtaposition in, in a sense. For, for me and my beliefs, I don't feel comfortable doing it. However, you should always offer the alternative show them that I, I won't be able to do this I don't feel comfortable with this but I'm I'm, I'm able to compensate in other areas and I will do the extra work and yes it might be a bit harder for you but at least you're not doing that at least you're not compromising your beliefs and Allah is watching that and there's so much barakah in that and mm-hmm. it's not going to negate your career trajectory and you might feel that in that moment that this is going to hinder my career prospects because I'm not being proactive but that notion that's coming from I think I guess it's like a secular way of looking at things because, in fact, in when you know it, ultimately, like it comes from Allah. Allah is the one that's going to give you the risk. Allah is going to give you the job. So if you're sacrificing for His sake, you just got to trust that He's going to take care of you. So I think for me, it's just <coughs> about being quite centered about your beliefs and being very strong about it, and and being careful as well how you navigate it. I think you should always not just be someone that superimposes, just say, okay, this is my beliefs, you have to adhere. No, this is a contract that you signed. So learn to actually navigate it and, you know, try to be helpful where you can. Mm. It kind of comes back to your thought for the week where you're saying trusting in the Qadr of Allah. These situations are going to be hard and they're going to be difficult and you might not see the benefit in the moment that you're making it, but you have to trust it down the line. And surely, like, 100%, it will work out for the better. Mm. Yeah, definitely. There's been so many instances where I have felt that I, um, where everyone else was doing one this one thing, and I felt I was the only person that didn't do it, and I was very embarrassed. I literally felt heat in my face, uh, not doing this one thing, um, and 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 although like although I felt at that moment that this is very embarrassing, um, everyone's watching me. I felt the the kind of impact of it later on, I saw so many blessings. I saw so many blessings. And I just think, when I look back on it, I, I always reflect, thinking how Allah has blessed me because I gave that one moment of uh, embarrassment. And no one else is going to remember that you felt embarrassed. It's only you that felt it. It, tran- it translated into something so much better now for me. So I always think, just have trust that when you sacrifice something for Allah, He will give it back to you and you have to really believe in it. Yeah, definitely. I think embarrassment is such a big thing in not doing what you want to do. And I can I remember one of my thought of the weeks was I'm embarrassed about everything, every single thing I do. I'm so embarrassed for it. For example, so I remember. So there's so many experiences where you don't want to. I don't know, seem too extreme in your religion, and you're sacrificing that just to. It goes into our main topic, people pleasing, but just to other people don't think that you're, I don't know, too Islamic. And it ha- it, ha- it has happened to me so many times. Um, I just want to ask you guys: Do you think, obviously? when taking this big huge um decision there's always the other people that are telling you to do it or not do it so how guys do you, how impactful do you think that is i think it has a very big impact on the person making the decision at the end of the day we're influenced hugely by people around us mm-hmm. we're influenced hugely by the peers that we have the seniors that we have um and people who are close to us i think it is definitely a skill and not just a skill but it's a very hard thing to do to to try and figure out what's right, what sits right within you when that might contradict what the people around you are saying. It's a really hard thing to do. Uh, and I'm sure there are people around um, this particular person telling him that, you know, you shouldn't do that or, you know, this is the wrong decision things like that. So again, it just goes to show the courage that he had to have had to be able to be like, no, this is not something that I want to do. It doesn't sit right with me and actually I'm going to change my direction. Um, but yeah, the people around you influence you massively. And when that contradicts kind of your faith or the things that you feel like are right, it's a huge predicament. But Again, it's important to, like Mariam kept saying, centering yourself and trying to think about what it is that you truly believe in because at the end of the day, that's the thing you have to follow. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think with um, influencing, there's so many, I think after Ramadan, there's so many people that have given up doing all of this uh, because they want to focus on their faith. And I think it's so beautiful because that made me, I don't know, delete all my social media, I'll delete everything that I had public. Because it's your, I'm not sacrificing, I don't want to sacrifice my faith just because I want to show people, I don't know how famous I am or how much mu- music I make. And also the the halal the halal haram money that you make from that it's also like he said he couldn't feed himself he mm-hmm. couldn't feed his mom because he just felt so guilty about it so what are like, guys thoughts on that haram money halal money i think it's so important because if, when you're eating haram money that's going to transcend in everything that you do your your livelihood is haram you're eating haram so you're feeding your body your act when you're doing your act of worship your energy that that you got the food from was haram. So I think it's really, really important and we need to be really careful in how we earn money. Um, and that's something that I'm really, really uh, big on and strong on because I just think that this really can impa- impact so many ways in your daily life and even your whole entire life, not even your daily routine, everything. I feel like it really does affect you because that's the one, your sustenance is, your. you have the choice to go earn halal. Um, so therefore you, you should be able to try to do that. And um, I think that there's more baraka in little that, than haram money that it's amounts to a lot. So yeah. that's my kind of thoughts on it. Because then if you start making little halal money, then it's going to become... It compounds, yeah. Yeah, it compounds. But if you make haram money at once, I think it's not gonna it's not going to work out in the... There's no baraka in it. There's, there's no, no baraka, yeah. And that's what you want. You want baraka in every aspect of your life. And I think that's why it's really important. Something that was quite interesting, I was thinking, um, uh, I went to this talk about pensions, and I didn't realize pensions are, pe- are things that people invest, like companies invest yeah, over, time, uh, yeah. over time. And I didn't really realize that when you do stocks, you think about where you're, you're investing stocks. But pensions, I, I'll be completely honest, I never used to think about, okay, where's my actual money going? So something's a food for thought. Oh, interesting. Our money is going to pensions, is that what you're saying? So when you, when you have a job, and you first on board or any type of job, they they tend to take a bit of your pay slip and put it into pensions, um, so that when you retire, you can use you can get that money back. Yeah. So and what they do is they they invest that in stocks, and if you if you're investing in certain stock, there's kind of there's like fake behind it. You need to make sure that you're investing in the correct stocks. So you need to go research those companies. And I had zero understanding of it, and I was completely unaware. So for those people who might not be aware, there's something that you should look into because it's really important, especially if you are capitalizing on pension. Um, if you're not, then that's, that's that's not a conversation for you. But I think just be a bit wary. Uh, you don't get taught these things at school. You no. just wouldn't know. I think it's so important to get fight for us Muslims from where we're gonna earn our money from because it's honestly it's such a money such a big part of your life like you always you're always gonna need it no matter what and obviously Islam comes first and all that but it, you need money to eat you need money to get dressed and everything so it, to get that financial knowledge from Islamic lectures of how you, where you're getting your halal money from I think is really important. Amaryam, do you want to say anything? Yeah, just saying that it's really important for Muslims to get financial advice full stop. I think financial literacy is something that we really need for us to progress and to to be able to infiltrate in many sectors. We have to be able to be strategic about it. And um, I think we've discussed this on the show before. Alhamdulillah, like our parents came and they sacrificed a lot and they want survival mode. And now we've had, we have the opportunity to go in the sectors that we want to do. Um, and now we have to give back. I think it's really important if you want to expand and you want to grow in different sectors, you really need that financial foundation um and so that's what i really i'm quite strong in the uh on that front that we should try to be financially literate because that's how islam spread as well it wasn't without money it wouldn't have spread you have to have that financial literacy yeah definitely i think i lack a bit on that financial i still lack on it that's why we need to go to wahid we need to get sadiq back on the show (laughs) we do we need to get we always we need to get that financial rights constantly because money is always obviously money doesn't change but the way you use it i think it does change for in your life let me tell you how any thoughts no i agree i guess it is really important it's just finding the time to maybe that's one of the new things that i should try and get into but yeah let's take a trip to wahid in a um in London. Yeah, I think making it making the information easily accessible also is, is a really important point um, because if a lot of us do want, for example, we want to invest in halal stocks so that you know we have a good passive source of income that type of thing um but to actually sit down and take the time to learn about it to learn how to do it to mm-hmm. learn what actually constitutes a halal stock in what way can it be halal and what ways can it be not halal um, knowing those types of things so that you can then discern yourself 
all of that takes a lot of time which a lot of people unfortunately may not have on their hands so I think you know having that information to be made more easily accessible would also help with that yeah it's hard sometimes for example we live in Luton so it's really easy for us to obviously not not gain halal money but you know you can just go buy I don't know halal food and with, with halal money but with other people for example in London my sister she was living there he was it was horrible finding halal meat you just can't do it so I think the main point that we're going to take from this what I'm going to take from this is that with the halal money the more ha- the more you try to be halal and go get halal food or halal anything with halal money it's always going to come back in your life so we have now 55 seconds so and thank you guys for that hot topic <laughs> what's the the what do you say the last kind of summarize the, yeah, yeah. the last kind of summarize <laughs> is always be from of your on your dean i think it's really hard but it's important to not chase the dunya because it's not going to come with you you're not going to take your fame you're not going to take your money you're not going to take your valuables to your grave all you're taking is your dean what you did in life and i'm really strong about this because i really like to talk about this stuff so in the second half so we have 20 seconds so in the second half we're gonna our main topic is are you a people pleaser we're gonna talk about low self-esteem signs that you have low self-esteem our kind of experiences in people pleasing and how we get peer pressured into it so if you have any thoughts do let us know uh we're live at inspire from luton or on instagram at sister speak see you in the next half assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh assalamualaikum this is atif nawaz listen to inspire fm shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on apple podcasts or spotify ya hala ya hala ya hala Assalamu alaikum. We you are listening to Sister Speak. We're now in the second half. So in the first half we were discussing a bit of halal money, some financial Islamic advice that you can get, and we also shared our thoughts for the week. Now in the second half, we are going to move on into our main topic which is called are you a people pleaser? So we're going to discuss the negative effects, our impact, the impact on our mental health and how we can overcome this behavior as well as low self-esteem and a kind of our own experiences with dealing with people pleasing or peer pressure. So before we get started, I'm just going to give you our roughly definition of what people pleaser is so that everyone's kind of understands what the topic is going to be about so people pleasing is a behavior where someone prioritizes the needs and desires of others over their own often at the expense of their own well-being this can lead to a range of negative outcomes including burnout resentment and a lack of fulfillment or satisfactions in one's own life so i think i chose this topic because i think it's so important to like i said in my thought of the week to put yourself first and put your needs first but the kind of constant the constant chase of i'm going to put i'm going to prioritize everyone else just for example just so they like me is uh, a it's not good for your own mental health it's not good for your life because at the end of the day you you're the one living your life you're not living your life for others so i'm going to so the first question is would you consider yourself so we have lemisa and mariam here so would you consider yourself a people pleaser so lemisa i'm going to start with you do you think that you put other people's needs before yours at the expense of your own needs Mm, it's a hard question. No, I don't think I do very often. That's the honest answer. I d- I think I've it's I have what should I say? I feel like it's been a while where I've learned that if something is I've learned that not to put myself at the expense of others. Yeah, those are the words I wanted to get out guys. Um so in terms of people pleasing, I do think I consider other people and their needs, but it wouldn't ever be to the point where I'm sacrificing myself. for that. Does that make sense? Yeah, makes sense. Mariam, do you have any thoughts? I think I still struggle with it, um but it's something that I've had progressed. So I haven't come to the stage where the music has I mm-hmm. sometimes find myself that I'll just do that extra work just to keep things sane. Um but I definitely think I've come very very fine that. So now I'm a bit more upfront with if if I feel like I can use to be accommodated, I will make sure I fight for that. Um and it has it has positively impacted me in so many ways because the more you do the more you kind of recognize in yourself that you have these traits the better your circle is because they value that you value yourself um and you feel a lot better about yourself so for me it has really refined my circle it's really refined my soul and it's helped me to navigate a lot of different conversations i feel like now i'm very good 
I'm becoming very good at difficult conversations and I don't be I won't be left quite startled as I used to um so yeah I think it's a work in progress yeah it is definitely a work in progress and I think that you're always in that mindset obviously helping people and helping other people's needs is such an important thing in in your life and how you see yourself as a person how other people see you but the putting your needs at the expense of other people's needs is something because if you're not fulfilled with what you're doing with yourself how are you going to help other people you know so I'm, I relate to Mariam. I, I think I still am a people pleaser and there's nothing that I can do about it, I feel like, because my... I just I just feel I want to make everyone like me. That's the thing. Do you know, I think my my thought of the week when I first started was it's okay that people don't like you and stuff. So I think I've not made progress about that. And I think people pleasing is such a, is such a thing in my life where I just, I just want to please everyone. I just want to be like, I need you to like me. I need you to like me. And that is, I think that is a sign out of low self-esteem, which is what we're going to discuss today. Mariam, do you want to say something? Yeah, I'm just going to say that I think it's also got to do with your age as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm not probably. Just, but <laughs> I think a lot of when you're younger, because you're in a situation where you're around a lot of people, there's a lot of peer pressure, and then you have the pressure of um, being defined by your grades. And you have to be pleasing to the people around you, the people in your in your extended family or your family and then society. And you're defined by this one little grade. You become someone that is just accustomed to making sure that everyone is pleased with you. Mm. And so that's intrinsically the way you kind of navigate things. And as you grow older, when you have the onus on yourself, when you feel like you've got autonomy and you start to define your own self or what you measure is successful, that's when that kind of dissolves. But it's also very important to have a good um, a good support network that also think the same or aligned in that essence because if there are people around you that are toxic they would make you feel disgruntled and they will they will kind of unwind any progress that you've made because they're, the way they behave is just going to really pollute the way you think yeah I think well you said it was a really good point and you actually moved on to one of my questions which was um, the what would people say thing so like you uh, for the grades for example you, my parents they work so hard they, they're immigrants they came from from India they tried to work so hard for me to get bad grades so everyone's gonna so everyone's gonna say your parents work so hard and at the end of the day what are you doing you're getting bad grades you're doing this so that pressure that you have also from that you, al- you always have to be this perfect girl with perfect grades and so what do you guys think is the the kind of cultural pressure that we have let me say it's a very big question and it's a lot to think about and there's a lot that goes into it um i think the point to which that it's gotten in our culture where i feel like slowly slowly we are coming out of it actually um but there was a specific point where it was what everyone else said mattered doesn't matter what you feel or what you think at all like it was at that stage where it's like we do not care about what you think but it's about what everyone else will think and we have to try and you know please them in that sense and i think that is that's kind of the pinnacle of of what people pleasing is um and that's very unhealthy that's come out you know with so many adverse outcomes for the people who have been affected by it you know forcing people to do things that they don't want to do um all for the sake of saving face all for the sake of you know making sure that you still have status within society and that type of thing um so obviously that is not a good thing um like i said i don't think it's a bad thing considering others i don't think it's a bad thing to try and be helpful towards others or you know taking into account certain people's needs considerations that's absolutely fine but to the point where you are sacrificing everything about yourself or it's affecting you adversely that's the point where i think we need to try and think about how we can take how we can still be considerate of other people's needs whilst not harming ourselves in any way it's a hard thing to do and i think on that point as well i think in those kind of situations you if you're thinking about what other people are saying above allah's opinion Mm. that's where you're going to find yourself in a very bad rabbit hole um because you're ultimately placing or positioning people's perception of you above Allah's perception of you and what he requires from you and I think that a lot of the times um, that does kind of spiral into abuse of, of disadvantaged people or taking people's away taking people's voice away in the expression of religion which is something that I'm very against so I think it's been really really important to send again as we said in the first half to center where is this coming from and who are, who is the one that is accountable for you and you need to be you're a, you're a slave of Allah and that's it 
um, it doesn't mean that you don't be, you be inconsiderate and you you know you don't take care of people's needs or you don't take care of people's emotions and you just say, well, I, I pray five times Salah and that's it. Like Allah thinks I'm the best. No, it's not that. You have to you have to have a mizan, which is balance. You have to have a balance between everything. And yeah. it's it's kind of like um, you know we. We talk about um, polytheism and things like that in terms of actually having idols which other people might worship and things like that. Um, but I think in the in the 21st century, it's more about taking concepts or taking ideas or, you know, celebrities as well. These types of things we take as other idols where we worship and worship by in the in the sense of thinking about them all day, every day. And if you're always thinking about other people and thinking about what they might think, in a, in a kind of toxic sense, also in the sense of what will people say, which is, I feel like, something that a lot of our forefathers have fallen into the trap of, that kind of overtakes with what you're meant to be doing, which is worshipping, worshipping Allah and thinking about Allah a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of falls into that as well. It's about knowing your priorities and yeah. knowing, at, like Mariam said, at the centre of it all, who is at the centre of it all. Yeah, I read so many. You guys are saying so all the things that I read in the articles that I read uh, for for this topic. I would just I just wanted to get more info about it. So people pleasing, it, they said it stems from the fact that you want to control everyone's perceptions of you. So what I get from this is that you're trying to control everyone's perceptions. But what are you saying to everyone? Because you are trying to control what everyone thinks of you. But what do you know about yourself? While you're trying to control other people's other people's views on like about you. Does that make sense? Mm. So you're trying to be like, I want Mariam to think that I'm this. I want Lamisa to think that I'm this. But what are you? You know, that's the thing. That's the people pleasing thing that we get so much pressure for it. And we also, we always, you're always thinking about where are they thinking? Where are they thinking? What's Mm. going on? Like with what you said with uh, celebrities, they also have to, you have to maintain your your reputation and uh, what you're doing. But you want to control what everyone's thinking about you. And at the end of the day, that's not the important thing. But the important thing is what you're doing. That's going to please Allah, not the people, mm-hmm. like Mariam said. So I'm just going to move on to the next question. So how can we... Yeah, so with people pleasing, there's this one thing. I've My experience with this and with... Um, signs of low low self-esteem putting yourself in, in situations where you feel really tiny you don't know how to say no and it's like saying sorry i think it's such a it's not like an ego thing but saying no for some people is really really hard and you just it just comes back to people pleasing so my question is how would you guys how would you guys um set boundaries in your experience do you know how to say no really easily or do you think about it three four times and you end up saying yes I think with, with uh, setting boundaries, it's the, it depends on the person you're setting boundaries with. And you need to understand how they will receive that boundary. So for us, if you're setting boundaries with your parents, that's a very foreign concept for them. So you have to be quite mindful of how you're going to set those boundaries. You need to discuss with them, this is how you feel. And this is, you're going to be the consequence of what you do if you don't set that boundary. I think having that conversation to kind of show the landscape is really helpful for them to understand. And even if they don't understand, at least you took that time to describe it to them. Um, because often it might be misconstrued that you're being rude. Because for them, that is submission is sort of a way respect for them. Yeah. And that's, some, that's a notion that's been intrinsic for them. So you have to understand that this is how they think. This is how they rationalize things. Because you understand how they rationalize things, you need to be work around it. So I think just being being emotionally intelligent enough to understand um, who you're dealing with. Um, with friends, of course, you know, everyone has a different way of thinking as well. Um, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to spread yourself thin and you have to accommodate to every single person. It's just you need to know what wars you're battling with. Um, and I think it's really just important to kind of have that essence about you where you know that these things are your triggers and these things you're not going to cross the line with and you're going to set those boundaries. People who are good for you will respect those and those are the people that you you filter out, that you you keep in your life, and those who don't, you filter out. Yeah, definitely. And I think setting boundaries is so important. And like you said, with your parents, it is such a new thing for them. And uh, f- the important thing is always communicate communicating because they didn't have they didn't have that they didn't even think about setting boundaries. They were just doing what their parents were saying. Or when they came here, they were just thinking how much. Like they didn't even have time to think how am I going to deal with this. But we in this generation, I feel like we have so much um, we have so much fuel to kind of experience what we want to do, and we don't have to. S- we listen to our parents, we obey our parents, but we don't have to submit to what they want to do. You know, we can have our own kind of, you know, life. Let me tell you, do you think you struggle with saying no and setting boundaries? 
I think um, I feel, I don't think you do you know I feel like Lamisa seems to me like such a such a boss girl yeah oh. like a boss girl <laughs> she really is uh, Lisa, I, I learned so much from Lamisa although she says the same about me I learned so much from her and the way she carries herself and the way she conducts herself and the way she even navigates difficult conversations I think I've learned so much from her thank you Mariam um I don't know what to say. Um, in terms of <laughs> saying no to people, I think it's always a difficult thing if things are uncomfortable. It's not that I don't feel the the discomfort in that or I, you know, in my head, if there's a situation which is a difficult situation, I'm like, I really wish this situation didn't happen so that I d- don't have to go about it in the, mm. you know, in any way, shape or form. Because there's, I think we all have that quality of we don't want to let others down, yeah? But I think with me... It's been kind of ingrained in me from a young age. If something doesn't sit right with you or if you don't feel comfortable doing something, you do not have to do it. And it is 100% your right to say so. At the end of the day, if you say it in in a way, obviously you're not trying to be offensive or you're not, if you articulate it in a way where you're like, this is my position, unfortunately, you know, I don't agree with whatever you're saying or I don't feel comfortable with what you're saying. It's a really hard thing to do. But if you say it that way, you've done your end and you've done what you can. And like Mariam said, if these people are not going to accept that, then that is unfortunately up to them, you know? Uh, if we talk about friendships, every single time I've been uncomfortable in a in a friendship kind of conversation, I'm really lucky in the sense where I've been able to say, you know, what you said there, that was not okay with me or what you said there, you know, kind of crossed the line. So I don't appreciate that. The people that I've had have always been responsive to that and been like, I apologise for my mistake. And we've been able to move on with it. If people aren't able to accept their mistakes, that's not on you. And I think that's one thing we have to realise. I agree with that. I think it it comes with the experience of life. I think yeah. because... 100%. Yeah, you get more... You know what your personality is and you kind of learn how to be more confident in yourself. And I think that's something that we all need to work on. Yeah, I think it is dependent on people's personalities. Yeah. That's, it's a huge part. If you know your personality is one way and having that side to you is more natural to you then these types of things are going to come easier to you but if it's not part of your personality and it's something that you might have to learn through experience then then that is what it is and i think it's also recognizing that someone may have a perception of you but that's just a perception and even if they argue or justify that you know you demonstrated this um, especially if you're in a very difficult time in your life and you've demonstrated anomalies and you've explained to them that I that the conditions that I was in made me like this and I take accountability, but it's not fair for you to say this is this de- this is deterministic of you. You just have to let that go. You just have to let that this person is has formed their opinion of you mm. and they don't want to affirm to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. So that's on them. And that's that's the opinion they're just going to have to hold and you're going to have to be okay with it because everyone else around you know who you are what you stand for and they know that if you are struggling with something or if you if you see feel, uh, feel like you fall short of who you are it's okay and it's just it takes you time to recover from that but i don't think we should allow another person's opinion to determine how we think of ourselves especially if you just recently met them as well i think it's really important to to kind of lay those boundaries okay that's fine that's your opinion and that's it yeah, I wish I could do that because with someone's you're just trying to you're just constantly trying to change someone's opinion, and that is a sign of um, low self esteem because you could that all that time that you're trying to change someone's opinion in you that you think it's bad, you can you can take advantage of that time and just explore who you are with other people that accept you for who you actually are. So um, with uh, people pleasing and low self esteem also comes validation. So how do you guys think that lack of validation during, for example? your your childhood effects in your people pleasing when you're older i don't know if that makes sense so the constant reassurance and that constant validation that you want for people that do you think that is a sign of low self-esteem I definitely I think, think so. such a scientific question as well. Yeah, I think that's very scientific. For so you, let me say you're not Oh, no, no, no. I don't, <laughs> I'm not an expert in this field or anything like that. I, I feel like there must be a connection. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mariam, do you want to... I think I can only give you a personal experience. I think when you're younger, if you were bullied, um, I think that's one a good example. You were seeking justification from your peers around you to save you from this bully. And you wanted that validation to for people to hear what you're, what's happening to you. Um, and if that trauma hasn't resolved or any kind of trauma hasn't resolved, sometimes that can manifest in a way that you just want to, you want people to hear what you're saying. And so therefore you want them to validate you because when you were younger, you were unheard. Um, that's one way I think that can happen. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I always, I don't think it's a bad thing 
to get validation you know when you, people say oh well done and stuff like that it makes mm-hmm. you feel but to constantly do stuff just to get that validation at the end i think that's really it's just toxic for your mental health and it does have a big impact because obviously when you're in life you're never going to be with someone that's always going to tell you well done well done well done so when obviously i'm not in the right age to speak about this but as you get older you don't you don't want that validation from people and but you're craving it i guess it's like you learn to find that validation within yourself yeah um, I think social media has a, a role to play in this because when you have social media platforms that um, have certain amount of likes or posts, that makes you feel a sense of gratification because you feel that oh, this this many people have liked and therefore I'm popular or therefore my picture's amazing or I looked really good or everyone's seeing how amazing my day was. Um, I think that kind of in, psychologically kind of plays in your head because you're constantly seeking that approval. Um, and that's why people a lot of people say don't try to showcase your life because... That's not the reality of what you're doing anyways. Yeah, social media social media is such a big thing that I always like to talk about. Literally not anything nothing's real. And I speak from experience when you t- when I'm revising and everything's all messed up, you all try to tidy up revision. Like literally nothing's real on social media. Um so from validation, um there's also a fear of rejection when you are uh, people pleasing. So I remember uh, I had a group of friends and they so they're so I was the only Muslim girl in that thingy. So they what they wanted to do was they wanted to go out, they wanted to do this, but I was um it was the, the month of Ramadan. So I remember I they used to go out, they used to eat and for me just because I didn't want them to think oh she's not coming because she's fasting or because she's this, she's that I I was fasting and I still went out with those friends just so they don't think I don't know that I'm too extreme or that I don't have fun with this thing. And if when I got home I remember my parents they were like this is not what you like what are you doing you know my my parents they never they never really um, made me uncomfortable to the point that they didn't want me to leave the house because it's all about experience and I think that moment made me realize how much I'm sacrificing that I can stay home I can pray on time and everything just to be accepted into that group of friends that at the end of the day I'm not even friends with them anymore so what do you guys think about that about that fear of, of rejection that we all have I just want to point out that your parents did a great job in making you learn on the, on the ground in a granular level as opposed to just Thank telling you, you in it. Just want to say that. True <laughs> <laughs> experience, you. yeah. Um, Appreciation for Farine's parents. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, my parents, they're at home, right? They're so amazing my in shop. this yeah. because um, well, me and my sister have always been really, really open to every single situation. And I think it really, when you're older, it really, manif- it really manifested um so my parents always saying no from my parents side would always make me want to do it but they always said yes so i never ended up, do, ended up doing it anyways mm. so yeah thank you to my parents if you're listening <laughs> i did reverse psychology <laughs> <laughs> you did um that fear of rejection is actually really difficult thing to kind of counteract i think from a young age from when we go to school we have that whole you know we're conscious of the people that are around us and we're conscious of trying to be accepted within that group um and it can really influence what you do and what you don't do and the type of person that you become depending on your experience on how you were able to navigate those years um and it follows you through into adulthood i don't think that's something whenever you go to a new place you always have that feeling at the back of your head like you know what if it's not like what if they don't like me but it basically is you want to be accepted you want to be accepted we all on a on a level we feel it like quite physically we feel the sense of belonging is really it's actually something very intrinsic in psychology and actually that's how we have it in the framework and in in islam we have that sense of community we have that sense of ummah because it's so important for our psyche very true yeah I've been it's such a nice thing to say because you know when you see I don't know when you see another hijabi for example and you're starting that first day on the workplace such a nice like you know we're on the same page we're here and even if she's been working there for I don't know 10 years it just makes you feel so accepted into that so um, other things that I've, I read about people pleasing is how it manifests differently in men and women so I read that in men what happens is that you know me, me, they have to we all have to kind of we all just pressured into being how do you say into the standards that society has put for us so for men is i don't know being dominant or being the head of the family they have to do this and for women we have to be submissive we have to do this we have to do that so what would you guys say is that you're sacrificing your needs 
just to follow those standards of society. What do you guys think about that? What's the impact, the effect in your mental health? I don't know if I can see to the fact that I think those those ideologies come from Islam in terms of the husband being the head of the family or the men being not dominant per se, but they're not, they're the caretakers. So I do I don't know if that's a negative thing or that's a negative connotation I don't think it's a negative thing at I, all I think it's how we it's, it's a balance right because that's what Islam strikes a balance so if a woman if a man is taking care of the house I mean I mean, if a man is providing for you um, and it, let's just talk about a relationship or marriage uh, context then the primary focus for the man is to take care of the sustenance the risk the, the roof of the head then the primary focus for the woman would be to take care of everything else in the house um, so I don't think there's a negative connotation to that. I think there's a balance within that, and I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I do, I do understand that those expectations can be difficult, and Allah does give us those leeways to understand how do we navigate them. Um, I think those standards and principles are in place for a reason. They're a framework, and you can affirm to it. Um, but I think it's just how we navigate it is upon us, and how we take care and how we exercise emotional intelligence with each other to be able to adhere to those principles. Mm, I think in terms of Freen's question, in terms of standards that have been put on us society-wise, um, and the extent to which we, at the extent to which they are forced upon us, mm. um, I think that's something that we need to take a look at in terms of what we are taking. Um, if there is something that I feel like I am forcing myself or moulding myself into just to fit that standard when it doesn't necessarily like it's not being healthy to me or conducive to my growth and development then I feel like that's something that you need to look back and you need to Mm. balance out like you said um everything is a balance but everything is also like individual you need to look at your situation your circumstance and see what is working for you or what's not working for you or within because we are Muslim or within our realms of Islam and being able to find find that balance from that viewpoint yeah definitely i think with the men and women question what i want to refer is that for example imagine the the woman starts working i mean it was this only 35 seconds left so i'm not gonna get big too question. much into yeah. it <laughs> it was a big question i should ask it at the beginning no, but no, i think it's, it's a food for thought i guess our listeners can join the discussion send their thoughts to us yeah send your thoughts to us on inspire or at instagram at just speak about what you think of this and i think my last kind of thought my last kind of summarize would be to Put your needs before everyone else's because if you don't satisfy your life and you're not thinking about yourself more, then you're not going to be able to help other people. Um, so this is the end of our show. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton.